What's up, y'all? My name is Ian Edwards, and welcome to the Soccer Comic Rant. And uh, yeah, this is we're doing it on Sunday now, so that we can, uh, you know, like be on point with everything that just happened over the weekend. So here we are on Sunday, and we had a slew of FA Cup games all weekend, and uh, two people are happy here, and one person isn't. But we're going to get to that. Even one of the people that should be happy isn't as happy as they should be <laughs> because uh, they're, they're concerned about style over substance. But sometimes you just got to take the substance. You know what I'm saying? So one of the biggest games in the FA Cup today, well, let me introduce Neil Shakovati, Chelsea fan, stand-up comic. What up? <laughs> good. Life is good. You sure? I mean better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Chelsea lost a bunch of games and then you're in a worse podcast background than you were <laughs> <laughs> when they was before this, you know, I don't know it started, the year started out with a, an amazing <laughs> Zoom background. And then now, I don't know, is this indicative of like Chelsea's form? Like, not yeah, that I this think, is a bad background, but I, I, I think I think people around me are just concerned about the amount of access I have to alcohol. So <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> that makes total sense. <laughs> Better not be splitting your wrist today. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, results like that is what alcohol was made for, to be honest. So I'd be concerned yeah. if you're not drinking alcohol <laughs> and Chelsea's doing that bad. Jesus. Uh and we got Lee Hudson, stand-up comic from England, Southampton fan, with the win this weekend in the FA Cup. But look w. at that face. The W. <laughs> yeah, I want, you know I want points. I need league <laughs> points. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But you don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to lose and then go into the league with more losses. You want to like get the yeah. ugly wins. You know, build towards it. I oh, feel, yeah. you know. Yeah, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> take it. All right, good, good. I just, you know, I, I, I want y'all to be happy. You know, not as happy as I am, you know, but I want y'all to be happy. So, Chelsea <laughs> lost embarrassingly to uh, Man City today. After losing to them valiantly, one nothing at, you know, a few days ago. So what was the difference? What happened? There was lineup changes on both sides. Uh, it felt like Man City played their B squad when they took a shot of the Man City bench. It's all stars. It's all stars. And then you cut to the field, you see backups and juveniles on the field for Man City. But somehow they beat Chelsea worse than the stars did a few days ago. So should this just be Man City starting five, starting 11 now, these juveniles, <laughs> or what the hell happened to Chelsea today, Neil? Explain. I, I mean, as you said, right, like theoretically it kind of makes sense that um, when Man City, the main lineup goes away, because we kind of played them on an even keep last game, um, even though I think they were the better team on balance, but I think we did give them a lot of trouble and it wasn't like they dominated us. For some reason, 
the fact that they are now in the weaker lineup, we decided to completely start playing on the back. But I don't know if it was a home or away thing. The last game was home. This is away. But, I mean, you're fighting for your job right now. Make no mistake about that. Like, I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, you know, just I'm, I'm not sure what's going on in Graham Potter's mind. But um, somebody should tell him he's fighting for his job. <laughs> right. So just, just stop doing this stupid thing about where, you know, I'll I'll play on the front foot in the in the home game, you know, I'll I'll try and be compact in the away game, I'll try and get league points and the cup can go go to hell. He needs every game is now a referendum on him. So right. uh, he was set up like this this game, like last game, the reason why he played kind of well was our midfield was really nice, like with Sakaria in there. We kind of dominated midfield for the first half. But today it was it was completely the opposite way. I I mean I find it funny, like if he's trying to like rest Zakaria for the league game and all, dude, you might not have a job by the next league game. Like stop trying to do these things where you're trying to like, you know, pick your battles and stuff. Just just uh yeah, just go with it. Yeah, just put your best foot forward. Play every game like it's your last game and stop resting people like you've been winning in the league. Yeah, exactly. Like you're not you're not Man City. You see how Man City today, right? They they rested people. There was mm-hmm. no drop off in quality because you know they're Man City. Um, we try to be like them. We had um, Humphreys. In, Never uh, heard of him till today. <laughs> yeah, and again, so this just tells me. If you really think that we are so much down in the dumps that um, we don't have defenders, why is Levi Colder still out on loan? Like these are the moments where you have the recall clause for. These are the moments where you uh, need to, you know, have that. You, you're down in the trenches, right? So you need to have that mentality, like get every weapon that's available for you and get them back. So I don't know. We we bought. A couple of players. We bought three players. Two of them. I don't know if Vadishale make his debut today. I know Fofana did. I think last 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, I kind of So which which Fofana was that? Was that the Fofana? This is the you got striker Fofana, in, the one we got right now. So yeah. so not the one you got before the season started. This is the one you got for this transfer. This is this transfer with window Fofana. The, yep. the 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 sum of Papana is still injured. Correct. Yeah, okay. that's the defender centre back. This one's uh, a striker from Molda. So striker Papana and there's defender of Papana. I just have to figure out a way how to differentiate. Yeah. How long do you think it's going to take for this Papana striker for Papana to get injured? He pushed somebody completely off. Like that's the most fight I'd seen from somebody with Chelsea Shine all game today. So he's got something about him, but obviously, you know, he plays in Norway. There's there's not a lot of like I definitely haven't seen him play. So you know, it's, right. it's just um you just have to like see how it goes with him. Not a lot of folks know know. I just hope somebody in the recruitment team does. Because uh, it's funny, like uh, with a lot of these players, like you saw this guy, then Badia Shele from Monaco, um, Andres Santos from Vasco da Gama in, in Brazil, and we got Slonina, who we bought in the summer, but he's actually training with the Chelsea team now um, uh, since the MLS season. He is back on loan 
uh, at, uh, with Chicago Fire, the Abilities. So a lot of these players have come back now. I think that the idea was to use them next season. Mm-hmm. But now that we have so many injuries and like everything is in disarray, they would actually get, for example, Kepa is, has gone back to Kepa levels and Mendy is out for the long term. So our second keeper is somebody who hasn't kept in three, four years, backup keeper. So Slovenia might actually get a chance now, way, way ahead of schedule. Fofana might get a chance now because Broja is out for the uh, season. Aubameyang, I have a feeling he's had a fallout with Porto. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's not looking great. That's what I was saying about the substitutions a few days ago and him playing these kids. Was that a statement? Was he like, I'm giving up on you professionals and I'm going to rely on these kids? Like when he substituted those three players, especially Aubameyang, one of them, who he was a substitute in the same game he was substituted, was that like a statement towards the end of the game? Like, you know what? You guys are not doing it, which Aubameyang for sure wasn't. He wasn't pressing. He, yeah. he knows the deal. He knows why he's out there. And then Havertz today, the handball, and he wasn't exactly like confident when he was up front either. And, you know, then to do that, it's just like, do you uh, do you think Potter has lost the team, and how thin is the thread that he's hanging on by? I the only caveat here is we don't know what Todd Bodie works like, right? We don't we haven't got a much a lot of data on him, but in a normal scenario, absolute thinnest of threads. This is this is the kind of game that you get sacked after. This is the kind of spell that he gets sacked after. Um, in terms of like losing the team, I don't really know because I don't think there are a lot of big personalities in the Chelsea dressing room, like Thiago Silva probably, but you know, he seems to be nice. Like, you know, he doesn't seem to be a bad character. Aubameyang, maybe. We've had some character, um, you know, issues with him, like in his previous clubs, you've heard of that, right? But apart from that, like all the seniors players, they're actually, you know, they're not, they're, they're not that many big egos and everybody else is young. So uh, I don't really know if he's lost the team. But, you know, these guys are humans too. They can really tell. They, you know, they can sense what's going on, right? Like what the things that we are seeing as fans, the players are seeing too. So the, the fact that today Potter, he had a good template to play Man City. Two games, he, he actually did a... Um, he, I said that in the last podcast too. Like these are probably two of the best games Chelsea's played in a while. Mm-hmm. But today he goes and completely rips it apart and tries That's to do something completely different. That was my question. What did he do different today? Was it just a lineup or formation? Let me see your formation. What was different today? Yeah, it was it was a mix of both. Like the lineup definitely, but it was not a lot of like for like changes. For example, he did not play with Zakaria, who was actually allowing or. Um, advanced uh, midfielders to go m- a lot more forward and in the central areas and therefore allowing our wingers to stay um, stay wide for example we used uh, uh, we started obviously with Sterling and Pulisic last game and then Ziyech came in uh, um, and uh, Chukomeka came in Chukomeka had a good game I thought last game and then suddenly uh, as a sub and suddenly today he's not starting he tried to play Mount as a winger 
Mount's not a winger, right? Like it hasn't worked for him. And we kept getting beaten today in, in midfield because, you know, nobody had the physicality. So uh, I would have been f- like, I, I understand what the, the fact that, you know, you can try some of these things, but it's the same team and you've actually tried something that has worked. So why are you trying to reinvent the wheel every single time? That really bothers me. Like, you know, sometimes when I see these managers do not do these basic common sense things, it really, mm-hmm. it really irritates me. So Lee, what did you think of Chelsea's lack of performance today um, versus Man City? I mean, first off, like, I don't think the City side was, was that weak. Um, no, it, it I wasn't. Mean, I was just like being facetious a little bit. <laughs> but it was like weaker than the league game, uh, league uh, lineup. Yeah, uh, uh, but it just it just shows the depth of City. Like, obviously, Ortega, the subkeeper, he's not on Edison's level, but the back four, Walker, Akanji, Laporte, and then Gomez is pretty strong. Silver, Rodri, and Foden in midfield is pretty strong. Go, go, and then Gomez, Gomez looked good. I'd never seen him before. And yeah, I he's the left like back. Look him up. Yeah, they hey, signed boy. him from Anderlecht. Um, and he he sort of has filled in at, at times a left back this season and he's looked pretty solid when he has. And then Mares, Alvarez, and Palmer. Obviously, Palmer probably the youngest player in the team, um, almost inexperienced. Um, Alvarez coming back off the World Cup, he was looking like he was bringing some of that form back from the World Cup with him. And uh, and Mares, man, I mean, Mares has been he's had a a strong uh, sort of finish to 2022, start of 2023. He's um, he's looking on form. Like he'd kind of sort of faded out a little bit uh, before the World Cup, I thought, at City. And then he's popping up in big moments. I mean, that first free kick was um, was crazy. The goal, he's uh, he scored a great goal um, before New Year's as well in a game. And just every time I watch him at the moment, he seems to be like he's hungry for his spot back on that team. If you're Mares and you won uh, Premier League with Leicester and you won several Premier Leagues, with Man City, and you see these green young defenders mm. in defense, like today on the Chelsea back line, you're going to be like, oh, today's my day. <laughs> like, I get to dribble around some human cones that have no experience <laughs> at this level. So uh, it's go at him time, you know, and that's what he definitely did today. Like, he, he, he was like, no stress. Like, yeah, that. That's what I was about to say about the Chelsea team. The most inexperienced part of the Chelsea team was the defence. And mm-hmm. that's a problem when you're going to City because see, Humphreys and Hall are both uh, are both very green. Uh, Chalabar, although he's played some first-team games, he's still relatively inexperienced at the level. Um, he's got sort of one and a half seasons under his belt of first-team football. And even then, he's been in and out the team. He's not been a regular. So Koulibaly was kind of trying to hold it together on his own almost at times and Kunabali like and his Neil- stepsons. <laughs> yeah. And like Neil said, Kepa's sort of regressed back to to being a little bit unshaky as well. So those defenders might have not had as much confidence with the guy behind them as they would have. Um so yeah, I mean it's a bad mix of of stuff. I mean and this game could have been more as well. I was watching yeah, it back yeah, and yeah. you mentioned Cole Palmer. Like he missed two or three sitters early yeah. before Mari's even scored. Yeah, yeah. So if he had more experience, this could have been he could have got five during the game. 
Yeah, yeah Mares could have had more as well, um, I mm-hmm. thought. And yeah, just, uh, yeah, a little bit of a let off. Like I, it was... It was it was a tough watch, even for a non-Chelsea fan. Um, <laughs> but the beauty of it is that it's in the FA Cup. You can you can kind of write that off. Um, I don't think it will be the end of Potter because I think the FA Cup doesn't. It, it, it's only it's a time when people only sack a manager if they're really looking for an excuse to sack a manager. Um, I think we'll be given some more league games to to sort it out. So um, yeah, I mean, like I was saying in the chat though, I, I would love if if Chelsea would fire Potter really soon and we can find <laughs> Nathan Jones and we can get Potter because I think he'd be good for us <laughs> um, in spite of what he's doing at Chelsea at the moment. So um, no, but it's, it's, yeah, I mean, there's some big games coming up for Chelsea in the league where he's got to um, sort of show something and, and get some results because it's, it's a weird one because I really like Graham Potter and it's hard the circumstances kind of went into the club, but at the same time, there's still a lot of quality players there. And there's been a, a lot of inconsistency as we've spoken about before in terms of the systems of play, where players are playing uh, the style of play. And I think it's time to sort of really nail down an identity there. Cause that's, that's something obviously I know with what's going on with us at the moment is that it's when, when a team doesn't really have an identity, it's hard to, string results together all right so you're basically from now on going to be rooting for chelsea to lose every game mm-hmm. so potter can get fired so you could get him all right that's cool that's good for you know one of your good friends neil to know right. <laughs> <laughs> football is not selfish y'all football is not selfish at all. <laughs> we do not think just about ourselves and our own team Hey, Chelsea uh, have it. Chelsea have had it good a lot. They can have the odd <laughs> season where they finish tenth, feel a little bit of pain. Like tenth, I've seen my optimistic. team. <laughs> I've I've seen my team go all the way down to League One before, and it, who knows? It it might be happening again soon. So um, I've been through some some real football struggles, um, and even that compared to you know what I've been through as Anthony, there's fans who've been through way worse with clubs going bust and mm. and things like that. So yeah, Chelsea can finish tenth for a season. It's fine. Neil will right. recover. <laughs> you know what? The, the whole tenth thing. I was actually thinking that. Uh, so we had that one horrible season, right, where we finished tenth, uh, Mourinho's second term, uh, just after winning the league. I think we are right now. We are worse than that. I we never like that's always been like we never thought Chelsea would go back to being tenth in the league yeah. season. But I think the way you're playing this season, it's worse than that. And at that's least, a scary thought. At least do it after you won the league. You know what I mean? <laughs> the times you did it before, the two times you did it before went that close to 10th, like yeah. under both managers, Mourinho and Conte. At least they won the league like yeah. a year before or something like that. Uh, so, damn, I wanted to ask you a question, but uh, I don't know. Do, do you think, here it is, do you think the only thing saving Potter now is Todd Bowley's ego. Like he yes. fired Tuchel, right? Yeah. And he picked Potter and he wants to prove to people that he knows football yeah. by hiring Potter. So like firing Potter will like be admitting failure. So he yeah. has the excuse of looking at Arteta and uh, who else have they been using the ex- example? Even Pep used somebody else as an example today to say don't Arteta. fire Potter. Oh, yeah, Pep himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and himself like, 
give him a chance. So, yeah. but Potter has to, I'm, I'm rooting for Potter. I like him. He has to get it together. He has to do something like this can't continue or else even Todd Bowley would have to like man up and fire the guy that he hired. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think, I think that's the, you're, you're right. Like that's, probably the biggest thing that's keeping him from uh, sagging him. But also the fact that, you know, who are the alternatives out there? I, I always feel like whenever it comes Argentino. to like speaking of... Uh, you don't want him, no, but like, it's, it's, a good, yeah. it's a good option. Yeah. Because you, you, you have all a, these young recruits and you have this team. He has like more status. He's won some stuff. He just came from PSG. Tuchel came from PSG. He's just out there, like floating around. This place got money. It, you you could, you know, he, he could. It's the style of play would be attractive. Modern football. I mean, the thing is, I feel like at Potter, he is. His issue, I feel, is the fact that. Um, it's not that he's a bad manager or he like his style of play is not good. It's just that all the things being thrown at him at the club at this level is probably just too much for him at this stage. And therefore, he's not he's not got a proper um, you know chain of chain of steps to take or like a template he can fall back on that he can implement in this scenario. And I feel like Pochettino, he kind of had the same scenario when he went, when he went to PSG where it was just too big a job for him. So, um, yeah. But I, this I won't be. I, I mean, I, I feel it's the same kind of scrutiny he'll have because you know, the budgets are not that different. It's just that you don't have those insane superstars to manage. But in terms of expectations, Chelsea probably being a Premier League club on a week-to-week basis is probably a little bit more high pressure than PSG, where all the pressure is oriented towards what, what you do in the Champions League. Didn't he go to the Champions League final? Final with, with, with PSG? Spurs. With Spurs. With Spurs. Who took, who took PSG to Tuchel. the Champions League final? Tuchel. Tuchel? Tuchel. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a decent placeholder of an appointment. Right. But uh, yeah, I'm not his biggest fan. So right. I'm, I'm not. Uh, yeah, like, why can't Zidane learn some English? That's what I've been saying. <laughs> like, why can't he pick up some rapid eggs and you know just get started with it? Like, how long? How much time does it take? How sure are you? you can download like, Duolingo or Babel yeah. or something. <laughs> uh, exactly. Right. We have the yeah, Silva. We have Conte, who can you know All be right. translators. Yeah, Viali, who recently just yeah. died, Chelsea legend. Speaking of Chelsea, yeah. and he's he's truly a legend. Like, yeah, like everything he did in the in in the game, just period internationally. Yeah, uh, for his Sampdoria, for Chelsea as a manager, just a true legend. So I just want to shout out Viali, yeah. and uh, but uh, he learned. I was listening to Craig Burnley talk, and he had like these children's English books, like. Dog eats cat and all those books, and they would see him with them. And in six months, he was fluent. So Fiala can learn English in like six months. Like, 
Zidane could, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Viali, yeah, just, you know, the word on Viali, I think uh, the whole, a lot of like, you know, the modern Chelsea that we speak about, there is this, mm-hmm. there is a thread that can be drawn back to like what people like Viali, if the, if the folks look in the mid, uh, mid-90s, Viali, Ruud Hullet, uh, Dennis Wise, if those guys hadn't laid the platform, you know, for us to be a modern, attractive club, you know, folks like Desai, we got a lot of plays from that French uh, World Cup team. It wouldn't have been an attractive enough club when Roman Abramovich came calling, calling, you know, trying to find a club to buy. So, yeah, I think they they finished their careers. They did get a lot of silverware, though, mm-hmm. um, including a cup winner's cup. Uh, beating Real Madrid. Uh, so, even though they missed out on the really big, like the, the league titles or the, or the Champions Trophies, but you know, they they laid the path forward for modern Chelsea and therefore, you know, it's, it's a really sad moment to see somebody like that uh, pass away. The, the, the guy, who, what's the name of the guy who owned the club? He bought Leeds afterwards, right? Ken but, Bates. Uh, Ken Bates. Yeah. But how long did he own Chelsea before? For a long time, because like he, he bought Chelsea, I think, for a pound from the mayor's family who were the founders of Chelsea. And they actually had the club for almost, I think, 75 years. And then mm. Bates bought, I think, in the early 80s, he bought the club. And then obviously he sold it in 2003. Right. So it's weird that he had it for a minute and then at one point just like how were they doing it since he got them up until the point when he just hired all those people? Um, well, I mean, this is a club that was in, in the second tier for a while, right? And then mm-hmm. came up, came went down, came back up. And then, but I think leading up to the foundation of the Premier League, it had become... Uh, stable top tier team. So, um, ever since the Premier League uh, was around, the, um, the the wheels were in place, and then obviously a lot of this getting folks like Viali, Rude Hullet, and uh, being attractive to players from from abroad that really played a played a big part in, uh, in making Chelsea uh, a solid top six, top eight club. Yeah, I remember those teams, man. Those were some uh, good teams. But that's how good United was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, those those are name brand players. Like, mm-hmm. those are Birkin bags, <laughs> you know, when you're talking about players. Yeah. Uh, so, the, the FA Cup is so funny because I don't know who Southampton play. I know they won, but the names of some of these teams are hilarious but you you beat a legit team you beat crystal palace 2-1 at crystal yeah. palace so i checked out the highlights what do you think of southampton winning a nathan jones murdering <laughs> crystal palace 2-1 uh, <laughs> murderings <laughs> murderings <laughs> <is> strong uh, <laughs> um i mean it's, uh, I mean, a win's a win. I'll say that much. You sure? Uh, <laughs> um, 
I think so. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, I didn't go in the end to this one because I was too scarred from from Wednesday against Forest. Um, <laughs> but I know a couple of Paz fans who went, um, and even they weren't. They were like, we were terrible, you were terrible, but we were slightly more terrible. That was their like response to it. Um, and just oh, it's. It was like three of the shittiest goals I've ever seen in a football game. Um, watching it back, like the goals weren't good at all. Like Palace's goal was probably the better one. Um, keeper probably should have saved it. And then our goals, like Ward Prowse has curled in a free kick from like wide that's gone all the way in. Um, and then the second goal, we just pressed the goalkeeper on a pass back. Adam Armstrong, to be fair, his work rate was unreal. That, like that I've was never good. seen. Yeah, I remember that. I saw that goal. I've never seen someone press a keeper that quick. Um, so the guy was, you know, he was running uh, pretty uh, pretty hard for that. But that's um, two gifts from Palace, really, when you look at it. They, they've Armstrong earned that press. He earned that goal. <laughs> that's not a yeah. gift. He earned it to a degree, but Palace still had to give that to us. Like, if the keeper just cleared that first time, there's no goal. Um like I say, it's um, it's one of them games where it was just ugly, and we've got we've got the the slight better of it. Um, Palace only had two shots on target the whole game. We had four, so my possession was quite even. Just looking at the stats as well, but because I don't think you can get everything from the highlights. Um, but like I say, my friends who went said it was it was a terrible game of football. They said that we didn't really have any organisation. They didn't really have any organisation. It was just two teams. Um, just hashing it out kind of thing. It was, it just really didn't. I mean, our game against Forest was so bad midweek, and then this one sounds terrible as well. We somehow come out with the win, but the same way, like I was saying, after Forest beat us on uh, on Wednesday, that their fans shouldn't get their hopes up too much because I still think they're going down. The same way, I'm not getting my hopes up too much over this. I mean, the one good thing though is that it gives the players confidence. Um, yeah. It may be buys Jones a little bit of time and maybe he can turn it around. Um, I'm still not going to really change my opinion until the Everton game in the league next. Uh, City on Wednesday in the Carabao Cup, I'm, I'm, I won't even judge Jones on that, um, <laughs> you know, unless you can pull you, you um, all step up something to those crazy big off. Teams, though. You all put your well, chest in the chest of those big teams. We did when we when we had the last manager in charge. I don't know what we did. Yeah, but you fired that yet, guy, so. so now you can't. You know, <laughs> we did. Uh, we fired him. We hired someone worse. It seems so. Um, you know, it's bad though. Because my friend was saying that even the Southampton fans uh, um, early on in the game, we were our, our own fans were chanting Nathan Jones, your football is shit. Um, like our fans are chanting that <laughs> because the criticism has been so far that he plays a bit of long ball football and he's quite direct. And the problem is we don't have a team who suit that. We don't have a big centre forward. Um, we we haven't got a team that can really play that football, but he's trying to play that football. And the, and the thing is, I I don't care about aesthetics in football. I care about is it is it effective or not. I I would I if if we played Pulis football, but we were winning games, I would take that. Um, I, I I don't mind if we play ugly, but if it's effective. Um, 
because there's been some teams down the years who have done that to great effect. So Pulisic's Stoke or um, Simeone's Atletico in the early days, especially like they played ugly, but they won. Um, And when it comes down to it, all football fans really want to see is their team win. Um, And I I would take ugly football if it meant winning and staying up and being comfortable mid table. Um, But there's nothing worse than ugly football and losing. I mean, ask Martin. um, (laughs) Because (laughs) that's what Spurs have had uh, for some of their games this season. Um, I know they've ground out uh, a few wins with it, but I mean, there's nothing worse than watching your team play shit football and lose. Uh, I don't mind shit football if it wins. Um, because it's not shit football. It's 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 ugly, but it's effective um, at times. But if you have a big, um, you know, presence up front that you can fire the ball up to, and they're going to win headers, and you're going to be a menace off of set pieces and throw-ins and things like that, and you can terrify teams by doing that, then do that. It's it's about utilizing the weapons you have at your advantage. Um, the problem is though, if we try and play football, this team isn't amazing at doing that. You don't have um, the skill to do it. Yeah. Yeah, so we're caught, kind of caught between a rock and a hard place, but I think trying to play football Maybe at the moment with the players we have... Maybe that's why he's going so direct and he's panicking and he, he sees that and he's like, let, let me go direct because when we keep the ball and try to play out, we'll get caught and we'll lose games. It's the same thing Forrest is doing. Like Forrest is, instead of like mm. pressing now, they go back to the half block. They, they just park the bus and then try to counter. I'm looking at the highlights of the game right now since you started talking about them. And uh, I, I know this was a shitty game because the highlights is only five minutes. Like when Google puts <laughs> I'm surprised it's five. Five is generous. Yeah, yeah and, and it's too much, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like if I watch the highlights of like a Premier League game on Google, it's like 14 minutes. You're like watching the whole game. This is like five minutes. And I'm like questioning what are they doing? Are they the just, that they're calling highlights. Are they just showing each goal like 50 times? They're showing the, yeah, yeah, they're showing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like their goal was terrible. Like Salasu just smashed the ball up in the air and then it fell to a Palace player who just sort of tackled the ball forwards. And then all of a sudden, Edward's in because our defenders dived in and then just finishes. And yeah, yeah, it was a terrible game. Like apparently the player showed a bit more fight than the Forest game, which is something mm. that's a positive, I guess. Um, that they showed a bit more fight. Um, but like I said, I've got two 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 friends who are Palace fans who don't know each other as well, and they both gave mm. me the same story. So I was like, oh, they've not had time to corroborate this. Um, <laughs> they both said we sort of, we lacked a bit of organisation, a bit of direction, uh, which has been my complaint from the games on the Jones so far. So mm. um, hopefully playing City on Wednesday doesn't dent our confidence too much, and then we can go and play Everton and get some sort of positive result. But Orsic, I don't know when he's going to come into the team. That signing's confirmed now, the Croatian forward from Dinamo Zagreb. All right. Um, All right. He's Congrats. in. He's confirmed. Uh, he's held up He's held up the shirt and everything. He's, he's definitely here. Um, I mean, I've got to wonder for the guy's mental health, having seen how we've been playing and he's gone, yeah, I want to join this team. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's an he opportunity. He just wants to get out to- of that league. <laughs> that's it well it's an opportunity for him to put himself in the shop window for six months or whatever and and to play in the Premier League and if we go down he might be able to get a move uh, somewhere decent um, or he can become a hero keep us up and, and play in the Premier League with us next season so hmm. um, but we're, we're going to need more than him he's a good addition because he's a clinical finisher and he's experienced so that's what we need so that's one tick in the box 
Um, if we can get Mofi from uh, from Lorient, he's a powerful forward, which would suit Jones's football a little bit more. We've been linked with a guy Alcaraz from from I think Racing Club in Argentina, twenty year old centre midfielder that Inter and Benfica have been looking at. So you guys are looking um, at people. What do you think? Is your Chelsea? <laughs> uh, no, they, they I mean, might actually uh, make a deal with Benfica like us yeah well, the problem is the most talented people in our team at the moment are probably the scouts so right, okay. um, if, they, if they can get these guys in um, they seem like good additions so if they can get them in then great because they're positions we need to strengthen in um, weirdly we've been linked with Keane from Everton as well the centre-back Um to add a bit of experience back there, but I don't know if Everton will sell him to us because <laughs> right now we're uh, we're in pretty direct competition, competition with them. Yeah. Um, but I think his contract's up, so it depends if they want some money for him or not. Um, but yeah, we'll see. But no, I mean, it, it, a win's a win. I, I'm not getting my hopes up too much because of the nature of it and mm-hmm. because it was a cup game. Um, Palace kept Eze on the bench as well for this one, so... Um, they could have gone maybe a bit stronger. Other than that, it was pretty much a full Palace team, though. Um, I mean, just looking at it, they had like Anderson and Gway at the back with Gaita in goal, Olise, Ayu, Edouard, Zaha. So they had like a pretty strong team. Um, as, as did we. We were trying to win the game. We we put Lavia back on the bench for this one just so we weren't running him into the ground. So so you put, um, you, you your lineup suggests you were trying to win the game as opposed to Pada's lineup. Like which like we're both in the same position at different ends of the table, or different, and, and it's like yeah, you got to try to win the game when you're if you're down. You got to play your best players and worry about the next game later. Just like Neil was saying, uh, it's it yeah. says here you guys had seventy six percent pass accuracy and four hundred and twenty one passes. So that's a lot of back passing. Uh, Probably, yeah. <laughs> Probably Palace probably saw the way Forrest played against us midweek and went, "Yeah, we'll let you have the ball because you don't really know what you're doing with it." Um, and and again, if like long ball against Palace doesn't really work when when we've got Shea Adams up front, who I love. Shea, he works hard. Um, you know, not the most prolific, but he he does work. Work rate is one thing he'll give you, but he's not the tallest. He jumps and tries to win all the headers, but against Gray and Anderson, he's not going to win shit. <laughs> um, right. And that's the problem, but. You know, we'll see. Um, like I say, not getting my hopes up too much, but it's a step in the right direction. Um, I'll ignore whatever happens against City and then we'll see what happens against Everton. Hilarious. So, uh, so this morning, like, like I, got, I got home from the club last night and it's weird not waking up Premier League time to watch <laughs> Premier League matches. So before I went to Ian, bed, so let me see. Ian, you before you go, yeah, I got a bounce. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll catch you guys. All right, catch you guys. Catch yeah. you later, fam. Right. See you later. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Cheer up. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so I was like, I want to watch a game in the morning because that's what I'm used to. So I looked at the FA Cup schedule, and there's like a few games at 6 a.m. And I was like, Cardiff versus Leeds. I was like, <laughs> I, I, you know. Jesse Marsh, some American players. And uh, the Leeds are an attractive team, win or lose, to watch. And, uh, you know, I'm rooting for them because of all the American connections. So I'm like, let me check this game out. And let me tell you something, man. This game 
was the game. Like, even when I was watching Chelsea versus Man City later on, it th- that game paled in comparison to what happened in this Cardiff and Leeds game. Even on a skill level, even on a technical level, like, it was weird to see Cardiff play at a high technical level or it, it, or it appeared that they did. And then both teams, so let me see. I know where Leeds is at the table. They're hovering above the regulation zone, right? Relegation zone. <laughs> but then I checked out where Cardiff is in the table. And they're also, they're 20. How many teams go down in the championship? Uh, four, I believe. Four. So they're right above. Three, three or four. Three or four. So they're right above the relegation zone too. So it's two teams in two different leagues, one above the other, both above the relegation zone. And uh, Carter started out like kind of low blocking and, and uh, Leeds really went at them. They went at them and then, but they got caught out twice. So then to see Jesse Marsh's face when his Premier League team is down 2 nothing to a championship team, also when he's like one of the most eligible managers to be fired, you're like, uh, you, I, I just felt bad for him, you know? And then and this was by halftime, they were down 2 nothing. So they come into the second half, he doesn't make any substitutions, and then like 60-something, maybe 70 minutes in, he does make some substitutions. And they get one back. Rodrigo puts the ball in the back of the net. And then they keep trying, they keep trying. And Cardiff is trying to do what they did in the first half. They're like, all right, keep t- attacking us. We just need one more counter, make this shit 3-1, and you're dead. You're, you're a dead man. And then uh, Cardiff is soaking up the pressure. And some of the subs for Leeds come through. They create an opportunity. And I can't remember who took the shot to put the ball in the back of the net. It might have been Rodrigo again. But one of the Cardiff players, 10 minutes before the game ends, Mm -hmm. puts his hands out, hands the ball. So then that guy gets a red card and it's a penalty. And uh, you're like, all right, Leeds is going to tie this shit up. And Jesse Marsh is going to get a reprieve. And Rodrigo takes a penalty and the keeper saves it. And I'm like, what the hell? And then Jesse Marsh makes some other subs. And one of those other subs gets another opportunity, puts the ball wide, like right in front of goal. You're like, this, this is crazy. Like, this is not even on Jesse. Like, part of a coach's job is to set his team up to win or to try to go for the wins. And that is exactly what Leeds is doing. But the FA Cup is not a game. It'll just fuck you if it feels like fucking you. And it just felt like that's what was going to happen. Then Jesse Marsh makes one more sub. And that last sub, that guy is in a space at the right time and place and puts the ball in the back of it and ties the game up in extra time. And that's now they're going to have to play another cup tie a cup tie i guess at leeds this one was at cardiff but they you know the leeds fans they they're loyal like 6000 of them traveled to wales to see this match and to support their team and to cheer them through so if jesse marsh gets this team on track like 
he's going to have all the support in the world. It's, it's, it's a great team to coach if you can get them winning. <laughs> and I think they don't hate him. I think if you travel 6,000, you got to like something about the team, the team's effort, and then maybe the way they play football. It's just that they don't want to lose and go back down. So then, then that, there's that part. So, mm. yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, great job by uh, Leeds today versus Cardiff. And good fight, Cardiff. Man. You really scared the shit out of them, horror movie style. Yeah, it's an entertaining game, that one. And um, they've got to go to a replay, which I'm not mad about, given that Leeds are one of our rivals down there right now, mm. then playing an extra game, <laughs> hopefully pick up some injuries or some tiredness. I'll take that. <laughs> um, uh, but no, it's yeah, it was an interesting game. And uh, yeah, Rodrigo missing that penalty. I thought that was maybe their chance to uh, to turn it around, but they, they did it eventually. Um, but yeah, like you say, props to Cardiff. That's um, it's a good fight from them, considering where they are in the championship as well. Um, it's also it's it's weirdly one of um, it's a rivalry, even mm. though they're not near each other geographically. Um, they're two of the sort of liveliest sets of of fans <laughs> um, oh. that you can get. So um, yeah, it's they're, they're two like it's it, it's always heavily policed when it's Cardiff Leeds um, oh, and. Leeds do travel in numbers, but their fans would have gone in numbers just because they they don't want to be outsung by uh, <laughs> or outfought by uh, <laughs> by Cardiff fans. Um, but it's, it's it's an interesting one as well. The Cardiff manager um, is I he's from uh, a town near me, um, Mark Hudson. No relation. Um, he used to play centre back uh, for a few teams, and uh, he was at Crystal Palace once. And um, I was in uh, a nightclub and started talking to him. This was years ago when he was playing for Palace. And uh, Drogba was in his early days at Chelsea. And um, one of my friends who was with me as a Chelsea fan um, was saying that like Drogba's going to eat you up, and um, you know our new guy's going to going to give you the runaround. Uh, and he was like, he goes, nah, he goes, I'm going to sort him out. Um, and then lo and behold, he ended up getting booked in that game for a horrible tackle uh, through the back of Didier Drogba, which ended up injuring Drogba um, in his uh, in his early Chelsea days. Um, so yeah, he called it. <laughs> but he's uh, he, he's a very good coach by all accounts. He um, he he was at Huddersfield for a little while after we finished playing um, on the staff there. Um, ended up being their caretaker manager, and uh, yeah, he's. Uh, He's he's got his first like full proper job at Cardiff. Um, obviously they're struggling a little bit, but hopefully he can turn it around. I'm doing this because uh, let's see if it happens. We're going to share the screen, so we'll see if it happens. So the people, can you see my screen? Yeah, yeah, it's on the screen. It's on the. It's on the thing. Yeah, it's, it's 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 blurry at the moment because it's saying screen broadcast. I I can't see it fully. There we go. What about now? Uh, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. We go. I was looking at him all game, and I was like, "Why does he look like Declan Rice's older brother?" <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I yeah. can see that. So the, so that's the only thing I wanted to be like. Is, I didn't know Declan Rice's older brother was a was a coach. Did the screen stop sharing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gone back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let me see that stuff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's go back. Go back to this. So uh 
What's going on with Liverpool, man? They can't. I mean, it's West Ham. It's a Premier League team. It's the FA Cup, so they're going to come to play. But Wolves, wasn't it? Sorry, Wolves. Yeah, sorry, Wolves. It's a Premier League team, but you know they're probably pretty much in the same position in the table. Like <laughs> this is as West Ham. So, but I mean, it's weird and it ain't weird. But this is mm. this is Liverpool now. The same way you'll be like. Nah, like, I don't even believe they'll get it together. The same way I don't believe Chelsea will get it together. This is them. Like, it it just is what it is, you know? Yeah, I mean, and we're talking, we're talking about, I'm talking about goals in the, in the Saints Palace game that were gifts. Uh, That first goal for Wolves. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oof. I mean, when Allison's fucking up, you know, it's bad for Liverpool. Yeah, Allison, like, was on some Keystone Buster. <laughs> Buster. It's just, it's like, who is that? Who was that? Like, it's like when you kidnap the player and then put the, you know, or when you, the, it's a body double that played today, you know? Because, like, when does Allison make those mistakes? Like, he only made mistakes like that when a few years ago when his father died and nobody knew. And it was like messing with his game. So I hope his family is all right because that's the only time you see this type of Allison. So yeah, man, it's, it's what is going on with Liverpool? We figure it's the midfield, right? But it's just... I mean, the defense is right. Van Dyke's out injured now as well. Um, right. Which, I mean, he wasn't playing that great for them, but I mean, I think he's still better than the other options they have uh, at the back there. Um, but I mean, the forwards, the forwards were doing decent work in this game to an extent. I mean, Nunez took his goal really well. I think he needed that goal um, just for his own personal confidence. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, he took that really well as the ball was coming across. He saw that the keeper was moving one way and he could just roll it across into the other corner. And Salah's goal was just Salah doing what he does best, just being technically very, very good. Um, the way he brought that ball down and then just calmly finished into the corner. So, um, so yeah, the forwards are, are kind of doing what they're doing. Now, this was Gakpo's first game, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's going to take him a little bit of time to learn, you know, what is being asked of him in the system at Liverpool um, and to get used to, to English football. So, he's obviously, um, you know, got that. And... We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. What did you think of the um, the late goal that uh, that got chalked off? That's the thing. This because of the circumstances of it. That's why Liverpool is still in this competition. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know what Klopp is angrier at most. He hates extra games, right? <laughs> so he's probably mad they didn't win. Yeah, mad that they have to play an extra game and mad that they probably didn't lose so that they don't have to play an extra game. (laughs) So I don't know what he's upset about the most. But yes, it's it's weird. Like when you think you've seen everything in football, it just does something else. And uh, Mm -hmm. I guess so before the ball went in the net, the the, the linesman put the flag up and the referee blew the whistle. Is that what it was? Or um, 
yeah, it's, it's just a very yeah weird offside call. Lepetegui was not happy. <laughs> um, right, right. He was ra- he was raging in that dugout. Um, but I mean, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it must have been like all four letter English coming out of that dugout. <laughs> Jeez. But yeah, you know, he's new coach. He wants to get these wins and pad like his record and not have the heat on him from the fans. And he put mm-hmm. up a good, and they played at Anfield, right? So to go up there, I, I guess he's getting the organization. It's a good sign for Wolves. You know, yeah. they played a, like a stacked uh, Liverpool team and they went mano in mano, even though we don't know if that was a body double Allison or not. And you, you, you want to win those games because the, the, it might not be body double Allison next time. It might be real Allison, and that Allison's hard to. So if he's going to give you some gifts, you want to win and just get away from there and not have to deal with this situation again. But at least the next, the, the replay should be at Wolves, right? Yeah, yeah, it will be. Yeah. So at least they'll have home court advantage, even if the real Allison shows up. <laughs> But, Again, uh, I'm 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 not mad at seeing uh, another relegation rival have to have a replay. Um, which, when you say relegation so, rival, which you mean Liverpool or Wolves? They, <laughs> 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 uh, well, Wolves, but who knows if Liverpool keep having these results? Yeah, um, exactly. But no, it does worry me that Wolves are getting their shit together. Um, mm. And like I say, we need to we need to just make sure we uh, we get our shit together too. But yeah, I mean. Well, to me, like their, their squad should be good enough, um, and especially yeah. with a manager who, you know, a manager who knows what he's doing and how to win football games as well, then they should have just about enough. Yeah, I feel like they should be all right. Uh, I guess one more FA Cup game to talk about before we discuss like what's gonna the, the four games in the League Cup. And uh, let's see. It's just I'll just talk about United and dealing with Everton on Friday. And uh, it, it's funny. <laughs> I love our fan base because we wouldn't be what we are without our fan base. But sometimes it's like we win and then we look for people to pick on who didn't play well. You know, in out of the people that did play well. Instead of... but you don't win without those people and those people didn't make any mistakes to cause us not to win now. But as I explain this game, I'm also going to slide down the same path that I don't want the fan base to slide down, but you know, I'm going to be negative optimistically. So it's Anthony, you know, there was, he scored. So that's great. That's why you hire, excuse me, and pay someone like that. You pay them to score. He scored the first goal of the game, but everybody's like, but he didn't play that well. And it's like, you want somebody to play well and not score, or you want somebody to play bad and score because goals win the game. And I understand what people are saying if they don't think, he gave the maximum, but he's new in the league, but at least he's doing one of the major things that you hired him for, and that is to score. But also, Anthony 
has to take people on and go down the right side of the field. It can't always be predictable and cut back inside. It really limits us. So <laughs> he has to do some right foot dribbling skills unless he develops, gets more rapid and just kills people like Iron Robin did. But he's really one dimensional right now. And it's sometimes when he even got the overlap from the lot that he didn't even feed the lot. That's how left foot dependent he is, that he can't even feed the lot or anybody who overlaps him. You, you got to at least play the overlap to keep the ball going down the right side of the pitch. But he just keeps going inside. So that was a little frustrating, but he's new and he scored. And that's important. We needed that goal. And so great. Uh, people are saying Bruno Fernandes didn't play that great, but there were some plays that weren't completed from great passes that Bruno Fernandes has made that could have resulted in goals. So, hey man, Bruno Fernandes is also, and nobody, when you're a 10, nobody looks at the defensive work you're doing too and the covering of people. And this team last year, nobody was covering anybody. And the reason why our defense is so good and this is the first goal we've let in goal in a while is because everybody's like being responsible and accountable and doing their defensive duties. So even if we win a game one nothing, like I'll give all the players on the field maximum uh, props for handling their defensive duties because one goal, you wouldn't win with one goal if people just missed the silence. Rashford, he just keeps going off and going off and going off. He was responsible for all the goals. He uh, assists for the first one. Uh, he caused the second one. He caused uh, Cody to score. After Cody scored for Everton, Cody scored for us because he's tried to cut out the Rashford <laughs> cross. <laughs> so he got two goals today. Him and Rashford got two goals, but except Rashford scored his two goals for his team. And then, uh, and so then Rashford scored. When did Rashford score his goal? He got the assist. I know, I think he scored two because then he got, then Garnacho came in and uh, got the penalty, and then Rashford put away the penalty. But uh, Anthony Marshall, you have to press harder. Like, you have to find that other gear. I love you. You got the skill, but you can't jog around out there. I keep saying this every week, and you just need more pressure from him. And uh, well, He's going to have competition for that place soon as well, potentially. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think about Weghorst? Like, if United, that's the guy, I want, we, if we get him. Mm -hmm. it's, weird, it's a weird get, especially after our manager said we got a Man United had a history over the last few years of not buying <laughs> quality players we just bought okay players for a lot of money and then next thing you know we're like uh we'll take a wig horse <laughs> which is kind um, of weird but i get it yeah i mean I, I think a lot of english football fans will judge him from his time at burnley which i think is unfair he came in halfway through the season with a mm -hmm. team that were absolutely shot on confidence that um you know perhaps weren't supplying him the best um he did score a couple of goals and have a couple of good games there 
Um, but I mean, if you look at his record at Wolfsburg, he was pretty prolific in the Bundesliga. He's gone to Besiktas this season and he scored a, he's, he's averaging a goal every two games. He's got nine goals in 18 games for Besiktas. And at the World Cup, when they threw him on against Argentina for Netherlands, he scored two goals. He caused problems. Um, uh, so I think in teams that play a certain way and, and have got players who can supply him, I think he's very useful. Um, you know, he's, he's physically very imposing. I think he would give you a different uh, dimension, a different option um, in games. Uh, I don't think he would necessarily always start every game. There's some games where Martial probably still would be the better option. Um, but it's good to have options in that position. And like I say, someone that gives you a different type of option as well. And I think a player like him, who's such a presence in the box, if you have players like Ericsson and Bruno and Rashford um, supplying him, then I think he'll actually be very effective. And I think for a short-term move, um, you could do a lot worse. You know, this is a guy who's got top league experience, that's got international experience. Um, you know, I don't think, like I said, I think a lot of people will judge him purely on Burnley without looking at the rest of his career. Uh, and that's unfair because I, I, th- I think he's a I think he's a good player and um, like I say on a short term deal I think I think he's got a lot to offer so um, I'd be worried if this was the summer and he was like your marquee signing because it'd be like okay is this it but I mean to just add something to the squad in in the short term and and give you that different option up front I think there's a lot worse players you could have gone for and availability is always an issue at this time of year as well so I think. In the circumstances, um, it's a good move. Yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. But I also think they just use Elanga because sometimes Elanga can get goals and Elanga needs more experience. So, but And Elanga will press harder than, than, uh, than Marshall is. It, I, I do feel if you buy this, you loan, borrow this guy, He'll put pressure mm. on Marshall. Like you just have him warm up on the sidelines every time Marshall's jogging, it'll speed Marshall up. And maybe Alanga won't do that because he's definitely not doing that or causing Marshall to do that. But I feel like his numbers and Alanga's numbers, Big Horse, are kind of similar, you know? Mm, I, I mean, Big really Horse has, has scored over 100 goals in his career. And... No, no, I, I just mean in the Premier League, but. I I, I I respect the goals that he scored. Like when you we first when he came to the Premier League, like was it last season or season before? And you was like that that's a good buy for uh, Burnley. You told me about his stats. I was like, all right. That's I started looking out for him, and he did score against United or do an assist against United when we dropped Mm. points against Burnley. Or can't remember if that was a league game. Yeah, it was. Yeah a cup game and that, and he hurt us. So, and, and, and it could have been just the team that he was on, you know, and a style of play and mm. United style of play could fit it, fit him more because he was top of the league in pressing, I think when he was with Burnley. Mm. So, and that's what we need. And that's my problem with Marshall. So, you know, yeah. he, he might be on some Mitrovic shit. And get he gives you a little goals. bit of everything as well. Cause the dude, the dude's six foot six, he's a monster. Yeah. Um, but he's also technically very good and he's actually athletic. He's not like an immobile six foot six forward. He's like, he's, he, he's, he's, he's definitely got a real like all round dimension to his game. And like I say, you can, he can cause problems in the air and on the floor. 
Um, and he works hard and he's just a monster physically. So um, centre-backs hate playing against him. And like I say, in a, in a Burnley team that was struggling and were being pinned back in their own half, mm-hmm. I think he wasn't maybe the most effective, but in a United team that want to play on the front foot, and mm-hmm. his job will to be in and around the box and getting on the end of things uh, with good service from good, you know, because like I say, if, if you're a forward and you've got Ericsson and Rashford and Bruno and people supplying you, like that's that's a dream because, I mean, Rashford I thought was superb against Everton as well. Um, twice, he you know, he, he got past people and put those low crosses in to set uh, two goals up and, uh, you know, the Anthony goal and the and, and the own goal and then obviously just rolled the penalty in calmly as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's, this is the best I've seen Rashford in a long, long time at the moment. He's in some real good form, um, which, right. you know, is, I mean, everyone in this country loves Rashford as well because of what he's done off the field. Um, so right. I think it, even, even for non-United fans, people can be happy um, to see him doing well. So I thought, I thought he was, was really good for you guys. Yeah. And I, I stand corrected. I think he, I thought I might have said he scored two goals that game, but he scored one. Yeah, but he just caused the one that Cody put in and he had the assist to Anthony. But yeah, he's mm-hmm. been falling his ass off. Let's just go to the EFL games. There's like, this is the what? The uh, quarterfinals of this? Yeah. Yeah. So it's Man U versus Charlton at United. United had the advantage of like having a lot of home games. So. Let's see what yeah. happens with, with that. Like, we should be able to beat Charlton, but let's not take anybody for granted. Newcastle versus Leicester. That's two Premier League teams. Who do you think got that? Uh, I mean, you've got to say Newcastle, really, um, mm-hmm. with the sort of form they're in. As long as, as long as Newcastle take it seriously and put their, uh, their full team out, I think they kind of see this as a more winnable trophy than the FA Cup based on the team they put out against uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, right. because obviously Newcastle went out the FA Cup and mm-hmm. um, they they rotated quite heavily they left a lot of their stars on the bench and um, they got caught out in this one but um, I mean the games are, the, the schedule is so crazy right now there's a game every like three days it seems right. um, so teams have got to pick and choose a little bit and prioritise somewhere because otherwise you're just going to run your players into the ground and it's a, it's a tough time of year for that so um, yeah, I could see Newcastle going back to a full strength team for this one. They're at home to Leicester. It's quarterfinals. City and United are the only two sort of big teams left in. So um, if Newcastle could beat Leicester and then they avoid, you know, assuming United and, and City both win, United and City could get paired up in the in the semi-final. So if Newcastle aren't in that semi-final, that's them in a final. And Newcastle haven't been in a final for a while, I don't think. Um, so... I, I can definitely see why they're potentially be prioritising this. Uh, the prize is the same for winning the FA Cup and the um, Carabao Cup in terms if you get a spot in the Europa League. So, um, I mean, the FA Cup has more prestige to it, but this one is, I think, more winnable for Newcastle. So, um, yeah, I, I think they'll be Leicester. All right. And then uh, Nottingham Forest, two rivals for you down at the bottom of the table made it to this. <laughs> so so it's, it's a funny competition because mm. you're also in this and you're battling these two teams Nottingham Forest and Wolves who are going to be facing each other on <laughs> Wednesday so it's funny so it's these two teams and then there's Southampton versus Man City you obviously have like the toughest competition but you know you you could give them a fight like you show up for you know I hope you take them out 
Well, you know, I'm hoping I'm hoping Pep doesn't rotate too much in terms of his first team because I mean, you saw against Chelsea, whoever he puts in will do a good job. I hope he rotates all the way down to like the under 18s or something, <laughs> um, just to give us something of a chance. But I mean, who knows? I, <laughs> you know, the City have a, a number; they have twenty something players who they they could put any eleven of them out and uh, and demolish us. So. My hopes aren't too high. I just hope in the Forest Wolves game that there's a whole bunch of red cards, a whole bunch of injuries, um, just an absolute you know apocalypse in that game um, that well, leaves both of them in a in, to put both of them in a bad state for the league. I'm hoping they all get their key players injured. Forest Wolves. I hope they have red cards. Players get banned. I'm hoping for just a war in that game. Do those red cards carry over to the Premier League from the Caribou? Yeah, from, I think they do. Yeah. You otherwise a player, would have, sure. a player would have to wait all the way till like next season if they go out <laughs> to have that ban so I think, I think I'm pretty sure they carry over but yeah either way or some injuries would be nice right. let's have some key <laughs> let's have some key players getting put out for the season in that game <laughs> it sound really evil but I mean you, hey man you, it's just your love for your team you, you know that's it desperate yeah. times to call for desperate times. matches <laughs> yeah, this is this is about your Southampton survival so all right, cool. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much the the Sunday podcast. We'll be back on Thursday with, you know, give you a talk about the games that went on this midweek and then talk about the Premier League coming up back uh, next weekend. Uh, for me, I just want to plug that I'm at the Creek and the Cave in Austin uh, this weekend coming up January 13th and 14th. Four shows, two Friday, two Saturday. Pull up, come through, check me out. And uh, you got anything, Lee? Uh, no, just want a, a quick shout out to two underdogs who who did their thing this weekend. Obviously, Stevenage from League Two beating oh. uh, beating Villa, and also um, the Hollywood team, Wrexham uh, from the National League, knocking out Coventry from the Championship. Obviously, Rob McKelney and. Uh, and Ryan Reynolds, their boys, they did the job. Um, they didn't really get... They, I think they were hoping for a big tie in the next round, but I, don't, I think they got a championship team. Uh, I can't remember exactly who it was now. Sheffield Wednesday, I think. Oh, Sheffield United, I think. Or oh, one of the Sheffields. I think, yeah, I think it's United, actually. Um, so who knows? They could, they, they could win again. But um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that's what the FA Cup is. That's one of the best things about the FA Cup is seeing you know teams from way below leagues of other teams knocking some people out. So yeah, Props to uh, to Stephen Ingen to Wrexham. Yeah, let me just be clear about who they got. <laughs> they got hmm. it's not showing on my thing, but uh, I've got it here got actually. It's it's United. It's Sheffield United. Sheffield United. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, big ups to Wrexham, but also to Stevenage because I text Lloyd three hours before the game. Like I put it in the <laughs> chat. I was like, "Hey man, good luck today," and he's like, "LOL, yeah, yeah." And I said, "Hey man, Stevenage don't play," and and he's like, "Yeah, sure." And I said, "I don't think you're taking them seriously." And then I saw the highlights, and I was like, "They won." I was just joking. <laughs> but, <laughs> I was just joking but Stevenage I never even heard of him like 
what team is named after a guy who lives at Stonehenge, like combined? Like but they had a really big um, upset back in the day. They um, mm-hmm. they knocked Newcastle out of the FA Cup years ago when Stevenage were back in the National League. Um, mm-hmm. This was like I think it was late nineties that happened because I remember that being a really that was the first time I'd ever heard of Stevenage as when I was a kid and that happened um and then they've done not much since uh they but i mean the only thing i think they're known for is it's um it's the hometown of lewis hamilton um that's pretty much all stevenage is known for (laughs) (laughs) and and where is stevenage it's just north of london it's in hertfordshire which um you've got like the m25 motorway which runs as a ring around london it's just out the top Mm. of that Um, okay yeah and what division are they in now uh, League Two, so the fourth League division. Two. Fourth division. So there's Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two. Okay. Yeah. And wh- how many? How many leagues below them? Two more, or that? Uh, below League Two. Yeah. What's below there's, League Two? There's the National League, which is where Wrexham are, uh, which mm-hmm. is often referred to as the Conference because it used to be called the, the Conference League and then national it turned to the National League and then below the National League it splits regional and goes National League North and South um, and then yeah carries on going down after that <laughs> man so yeah shout out to both those teams y'all did it you know that's what the mm. FA Cup is all about it's like uh, you know upsetting Giants Cardiff almost did that today you know knocking off Leeds but I'm glad they didn't and uh, <laughs> hey man thank you all for listening and watching uh, like and subscribe, leave comments, tell us what you think about any of the stuff that we discussed. And uh, we love you and we'll uh, see you Thursday. One. Let me stop this.